Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. It's just been a good sign this year that they all seem to be having fun getting along and working hard. I love those three things together. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. Yes, getting along, working hard, and having fun are three things that I I do think the Blackhawks are still doing, even in the midst of a seven-game losing skid. However, it's never great to be in the middle of a seven-game losing skid, and the Blackhawks in the middle of that right now, a rough loss to the New York Rangers last night as they continue on this first year of the rebuild, and we are starting to see some of those growing pains and some of those tough things that you have to deal with when you are in year one of a rebuild. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Welcome in. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. Taking you up to 8 o'clock tonight, we're going to hear from Isaac Phillips later on in the show. Isaac was just called up to the NHL level after having a really good start down in Rockford. It's not his NHL call-up overall. He did spend four games with the Blackhawks last season kind of spread out those four games. But a handful of roster moves to get to, actually, as uh, the goaltending situation gets back to the two starters that started this year, and Peter Mrazek and Alex Stalock. And we've talked about it all year long, how difficult it's been for the Blackhawks to just stay healthy, especially in the goaltending situation. But ironically, Arvid Soderblom's replacement at that level has been superb, and he's been a solid foundation for the Hawks when they haven't had Mrazek or Staylock. But now it comes to be where both those guys are available, they're both healthy, And Arvid Soderblom got hit with a little bit of rough timing because he did not have his best game last night against the New York Rangers. In fact, you could argue that that might have been the ugliest loss for the team last night. And it's rough that it comes at that point because they didn't play that terribly in the first 20 minutes. And the second period wasn't that bad either. But more importantly, the Blackhawks are just continuing to find themselves in these spots where they cough up the first goal. And right from the get-go, they have to climb uphill. And we knew that this was going to be the case, and that the only way to avoid these types of things is playing a perfect game and outworking the other team. But sometimes that's not even enough. But even if it is enough, if you make a mistake, then the other team's going to pounce on it. That's what the New York Rangers did last night, three times in the first period. The Rangers are also, I, I believe, the hottest team in the NHL. Seven straight wins. That one tweet has been floating around on Twitter after Jacob Truba's hit on Andreas Athanasiu last month, which was the Blackhawks' last win and the Rangers' last loss. That was December 3rd at Madison Square Garden when the Hawks won 4-1. After that hit from Jacob Truba on Athanasiu, the Rangers have outscored their opponents 33-14. to And they lost that game to the Hawks, but they haven't lost a game since. And they are completely cruising right now. And even though Jacob Truba isn't the most popular guy in Chicago right now, he's clearly lit a fire under his team. And there's a reason why he's the the captain there. And there's a reason why he's so celebrated over there. Quickly back over to the roster moves. I mentioned it's rough timing for Arvid Soderblom, but this is just kind of the beast of the business and how unpredictable and how timing matters so much in sports because Arvid Soderblom is supposed to be in Rockford for the majority of this season at this point, if not every single game. But a quick injury to Peter Mrazek brought up 
Soderblom. And then another injury to Alex Stalock kept him up there. And then Razik and Stalock were just kind of sharing time on injured reserve, not being able to play. And Soderblom was consistent. He was locked in. He was confident. I've said on the air before, I think one of his greatest attributes is his quick decision-making in between the pipes. He knows what type of save to make. Is it a glove save, a pad save? His rebound control just seems to be always in check. That wasn't quite the case last night. And unfortunately, it follows up with Soderblom going back down to Rockford. And it inflated his stats, too. If you go to HockeyReference.com, who, by the way, make all of our jobs so much easier. Arvid Soderblom's stats in 14 games with the Blackhawks this year. 2-10-2 with a goals against average of 346. That's almost three and a half goals a game. And a save percentage of a not-too-sexy 894. Now, if you pull out last night's game, he's got a save percentage of 904 and a goals against average of 293. I mean, that is so inflated, those seven goals coughed up last night. And even though he didn't have his greatest game, I have a hard time blaming the majority of those goals on him. He was hung out to dry a few times. The Blackhawks were caught in some rough instances, especially in that first period. They were caught with three guys deep. Um, They were allowing a a lot of chances for the Rangers to just burst down two-on-one, in some cases two-on-o, and on the third goal of the first period, Troy Murray labeled it as a five-on-two. So they weren't doing him any favors. And again, it's just it's rough timing for Arvid Soderblom. Something that he had done so well this year, as I said before, he was locked in, but he was so focused on his confidence because last season his NHL debut was kind of out of the blue. He, He made it on New Year's Day in Nashville in a kind of spot-start situation, but he didn't start the game. He was just thrown in there uh, after, I believe, Kevin Lankin and left. Uh, but again, that day, Marc-Andre Fleury was unavailable. Uh, there was COVID going around. There were just all these situations that Soderblom just had to come up. Uh, he got he got worked in a little bit better the following day. He played against the Calgary Flames, looked a little bit more composed, But we didn't know too much about Arvid Soderblom. I think we know so much more about him now. And I hope that that confidence continues when he goes back down to Rockford now. Because last night's game isn't the reason he's back down in Rockford. It's a good thing that Alex Stalock is off concussion protocol. Let me be clear with that. Alex Stalock has made an impact in this dressing room from the get-go. Everybody loves his positive personality. Everyone loves his game. Uh, And clearly you don't want to see anyone go to concussion protocol, but a goaltender especially, you use your head a lot. Uh, Every hockey player does. Every person does, but still, you use your head a lot. You need your head. You need to be in a clear mind space. So the Blackhawks were very careful with him coming back. So it's great to see that he is officially back, and so is Peter Morazic. It just comes at an unfortunate timing for Arvid Soderblom. But again, the beast of this business, it was an unfortunate timing for Morazic and Stalock for Soderblom to get that time. Uh, Something else to note, Isaac Phillips, again, our guest later on tonight, one of the young defensemen in this Blackhawks organization, a guy they're very high on. He comes up to the NHL after playing four games last season. He takes the place of Jared Tenorti, who might be the toughest guy on earth. He took 50 to 100 stitches a few weeks ago after getting a skate to the face. And then he came back into the game, and he was apparently badgering the doctor that was lacing him up because he needed to get back out on the ice. He had been wearing a face shield 
I don't believe he was wearing the face shield last night. Either way, a puck ends up hitting him in the face. He goes down uh, IR now on a facial fracture, but it was not the same area of where he had just gotten stitched up. But obviously, still overall, his face is a tender area right now. So we hope for a speedy recovery for Jared Tenorti. We're happy to see Isaac Phillips, who's been tearing it up down in Rockford. Again, a young physical big guy he's been using his physicality a lot more this year and we'll actually talk to him about that after the 7:30 news but he leads the Rockford defenseman in goals assists and points three goals on the year 14 assists 17 points and that's in 25 games I actually just called a Rockford game last week. He scored in the first 48 seconds of the contest, so he's starting to get more of a shoot-first mentality. He's just getting a lot more comfortable on the ice and with his body that he's actually bulked up over the past year with. Uh, So want to get to more on that. Again, we're going to hear from Isaac Phillips after the 7.30 news. And I want to invite you to join in. 312-981-7200. I think we do a good job on the post-game show giving you the opportunity to clear your mind, to to speak your mind, and, and say what you're feeling and thinking as a Blackhawks fan. Many of you took up on that opportunity last night, but you only texted. If you'd like to do that again, again. 312-981-7200. I'll address some of the texts that came our way last night because I think they are important. Uh, There are some good points. There are some points I want to discuss and maybe contemplate a little bit. But again, if you would like to be a part of it, 312-981-7200. You're listening to Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. Blackhawks Live is brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet you get if you were tuned in to our pregame show last night before the Hawks took on the New York Rangers. We gave you two out of three winning bets. We went with 26 Igor Shesterkin saves with a payout of minus 110. The Blackhawks were very shoot-friendly last night, even though they didn't have any goals to show for it. Uh, We whiffed on the Taves point, thought with him playing in his 1,000th game with Jonathan, rather with uh, Patrick Kane, that he would maybe light the lamp, maybe help out Kane with a goal. Either way, he's normally a fill for the three theatrics, but he failed on it yesterday. It was very close to scoring a goal, though, I should say. Philip Kurashev throwing one towards the net. Taves tried to get his stick on it and ended up going off of Jacob Trubas instead. Uh, and also the over of six goals, a payout of plus 106. There were eight goals scored last night. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Isaac Phillips is going to join us after the 7.30 news. He was just called back up to the Blackhawks roster after 25 successful games in Rockford. Uh, Played four games with the Hawks last year. We'll talk to him about the competitiveness down there in Rockford. It's a very good team. They're built for the playoffs. They're looking very good. Uh, And there's a lot of internal competition, and that's something I'm going to bring up with Isaac Phillips because even though Alex Vlasic right now is tending to an injury, He and Isaac Phillips are are kind of similar molds. They're both big defensive guys that are defense first. And remember, the Blackhawks are going more towards this uh, big defensive game. And this was a transition more more so last year, uh, even when Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton were the general manager and head coach at the time. Because remember... In years past, the Blackhawks were drafting and going for a lot of offensively skilled defensemen. They were going for that quick game. Uh, More guys to handle the puck and have some flashy scoring because they were thinking that that's the way the NHL was trending. That's not quite the case. So now, after these past couple of years, the Hawks have been playing a little bit of catch-up, but they have been heavily favoring defensive defensemen 
over these past couple of drafts, and a handful of them are going to be showcased in the World Junior roster uh, for Team Canada. Kevin Korczynski, Nolan Allen being a few. And uh, so this is kind of the new-look defense for the Blackhawks uh, for the future, and Isaac Phillips is a part of it. Again, if you would like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We did the same on the post-game show last night. And I'm not going to try to repeat too much because if you haven't heard, we podcast every single post-game show that we do with the Blackhawks. And, and I'll, I'll let you know, they're timely. It's not like, oh, if you watch the game, you don't need to listen to the post-game show. We talk to Troy Murray. We hear from the dressing room. We hear from Luke Richardson. We play some highlights uh, and highlights from around the league, but it's all in an effort to catch you up to speed with what's going on in the NHL. More importantly, we, we try to bring as much insight as we can in what's going on with the team right now. And I get it's a frustrating time. I get it's difficult to be all jazzed about this team right now. Seven-game losing skid, I think, what is it, one fourteen and one in their last 16 this is the first year of a rebuild. This is what a rebuild likes. Uh, this is what a rebuild looks like, is what I should say. From the 708 area code, it always puzzled me why people are getting upset when the Blackhawks lose when they spent the last several seasons being mediocre under Bowman from 2018 to 2022. Bowman and company sent out a letter saying they intend to rebuild, only to trade for Seth Jones after the team performed well in a division-only season. This team needs to be bad to get help in the draft. Finishing 12th overall in the draft the next several years would do nothing for this team besides being mediocre. This team won by high picks, and it will win again. The last thing, the last thing this team should ever strive to be is the mid-2010s Red Wings with no chance of winning the Cup and no chance of improving in the draft. Again, that was from the 708 area code last night. Uh, love the jab, Detroit, out of nowhere. <laughs> That's great. Um, but totally on par with what the Blackhawks are going for right now. Now, that being said... It's not a guarantee slam dunk. It's it's not a guarantee win. Heck, the draft is a lottery. Even if you are at the bottom, or I should say at the top of the tank standings, it's not a guarantee you're getting the number one pick. You're getting Connor Bedard. A lot of people are high on the number two expected draft pick in Adam Fantilli. That would be great as well. What the Blackhawks are trying to do right now is increase their chances as best they can to get that next generation talent, the next generational talent. And even if Connor Bedard wasn't available for this upcoming draft, I would think the Hawks would still be going this route. Maybe not as drastic, but again, the players aren't quote-unquote tanking. The coaching staff isn't quote-unquote tanking. This is the front office trying to build a team that will work hard, build a culture, and set the tone for the next successful Blackhawks team. Yes, I know that translates to there's going to be a lot more talent on the other teams that come to town. And Luke Richardson is tasked with a very difficult job right now. And I do want to bring up another text from a different 708 area code. Do you think that Luke is getting tired of giving post-game interviews? It's sad and disappointing. He's got to change his demeanor. Mr. Nice Guy is not working. These players are pros. I don't think that's the right approach. I do think there's a chance Luke Richardson is getting tired of talking. I will say, though, uh, there was 
a practice in question for today's game, or rather for today. Um, Luke Richardson was willing to talk to the media today, and then things just didn't work out. The team's using today as their off day. They're going to practice tomorrow. But Luke Richardson has no problem fulfilling the duties of leading this team, even though he's not given the best talent, and talking with the media. And I will say, I haven't been covering the hockey scene much, but Luke Richardson is one of the more pleasant guys to deal with. Not only that, his answers are thoughtful and detailed and not beating around the bush. And this isn't sugarcoating stuff. This is this is the God's honest truth. Because you ask a lot of the media members this, they'll tell you the same. Only because it is a breath of fresh air to hear somebody answer a question that doesn't get offended by it. Or ready to get into an argument. And it's not like many Blackhawks coaches in the past had had that. Derek King was a, a great guy to talk to as well. But this guy is is so well put together in terms of his hockey mind and the way he presents himself. It is great to talk hockey with that guy because he knows exactly what he's going to answer and he will make sure he doesn't let anything fall through the cracks until he gets his full on answer out. We talk to Isaac Phillips after the news, which comes next with Kevin Wells. You're listening to Blackhawks Live 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live on WGN Radio. We're talking with one of the most recent Chicago Blackhawks and Isaac Phillips, who was just called up to the NHL roster earlier today. Spent a few games with the Hawks last season, but now he's back. Isaac, thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. What uh, what's the timeline been like for you? I'm sure it's been kind of a whirlwind the past 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, pretty hectic. But uh, after the game, I got a call from our GM in Rockford. Just said that I was getting recalled. Um, told me to come down after that. So made it to in, in town last night, and I was actually packed. Our team in Rockford was going to Texas today, so I had to rejig some of that stuff and pack for a week here in Chicago. But, yeah, I got to the rink this morning, skated, uh, saw the guys, everything's good, so excited to get going. So you had to remove all your swim trunks and replace them with hoodies is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, listen, I know everyone always waits for that call, and you got the first call last year, but, you know, four games under your belt already. How much do you feel that that's already helped your confidence heading into this second go-around this year? Yeah, I mean, that was huge. Um, getting I got a chunk of three I think in October last year, and then the one more in February. And just playing that one more in February, I felt so much more comfortable um, and just out there with the guys. And and I'm comfortable in my ability out there. So um, I'm excited to play on Wednesday. What kind of step do you feel that you've taken just personally, whether it's AHL, NHL, whatever? What kind of step in your game have you taken? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is just my puck plays and my defensive play. Um, I think this year I've started off really strong in Rockford. Uh, I've been working with the coaches a lot. And just the biggest thing for me is just defending hard and making those first passes. Um, so, yeah, my game as a two-way defenseman is just breaking out the puck. And then, obviously, you can chip in on offense whenever you can. Well, you definitely chipped in not too long ago, scoring, what, 48 seconds into the contest. Are, are you feeling more comfortable shooting the puck this year? Yeah, I think uh, it's a message for our team to not give up any shots. Um, every shot's a good shot, and we're getting a lot of traffic towards the net. Um, and obviously with the skill team we have, it's just, you know, funnel everything to the net. So definitely something I've been working on. Have you taken uh, a step physically over the past year? I mean, have you gained weight? Have you gotten stronger? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a big summer for me. I think I put on about 
eight pounds, almost 10. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's part of playing a two-way defensive game is just being abrasive in the corner. I, you know, I go into every battle thinking that I can win. Um, I know I'm a big, strong defenseman, and I want to show that out there. And that's something I'm going to look to bring on Wednesday. Yeah, do you feel more confident in your in your body? I mean, do you because I've seen you out there. You're you're not shy with the other players. You are showing that physicality. Do do you feel more confidence in that aspect of your game? Definitely, I think from last year to this year, I'm a lot more confident in my physical play. What kind of uh, help has the internal competition throughout the Blackhawks organization had an effect on you? Because there's a lot of good defensemen in this organization right now, but it seems like everyone's kind of taking a step up. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, obviously, a lot of good young demon, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, we're all good friends. We're all um, pulling for each other, but we all want, obviously, we all want that first call up. We all want to be playing. We all want to be full-time NHLers, but uh, you're only going to do that by being a team guy and playing your own game. So I think it's great for all of us. What about, uh, and again, we're talking with Isaac Phillips here, formerly of the Rockford Icehawks, just called back up to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Rockford's having a great year, and, and they're definitely with playoff aspirations and playing like a playoff team right now. How much has that helped? How much has that helped just focus on your individual goals and just continue to go out there and have fun? Yeah, it's awesome. We have a lot of fun down there. Um, we got a great group of guys, a lot of leaders on the team. Um, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've been winning games. We started off a little slow just cause we got a lot of new guys and just figuring out how to gel with each other, but we're a really confident team down there. And I think we go into every game thinking we can win. And you play a lot of tight games, a lot of really close games. What's that done for the team's demeanor of, you know, even when you're down, you still feel in it. How, how has that helped the team's overall competitive drive? Yeah, I mean, it's a no-quit mentality. Even if you're down one, two, three goals, you know, anything can happen. You're going to be working for the whole 60 minutes. And I think it's great, even if we're up one or two goals, you know, learning how to play with the lead um, and defending within the last couple minutes of the game. A few of the teammates uh, that you've been playing with recently, uh, kind of a swap because of what happened for, with Alex Vlasic, but Philip Roos has been joining the team. Uh, let's start with Alex Vlasic because I feel like you two are similar in size. What have you picked up from his game? How has playing with him made you a better player? Yeah, I mean, Vlasic is a great skater, another big body, good stick. Um, yeah, similar style to me, but it's just great to work off each other. You know, we can both get up in the play, um, but our main goal is defense first, obviously. So, you know, um, we watch video together and uh, work with the coaches a lot. So it's been great. Do you talk with him a lot, or are you a guy that picks the brain of other teammates, or do you just kind of keep to yourself more? Um, yeah, I think all of us young D, uh, even at the end of practice, we'll just talk. Like, what'd you see in that drill? What'd you see in that drill? Uh, how'd you feel last game? Um, so I think we're all kind of picking each other's brains and just learning from each other. I know Philip Bruce has only been there for a couple of games, but has he been joining in on those conversations? Yeah, I mean, Rooster's great. He's obviously scored, I think, two goals in three games down here. <laughs> Um, so he's been a good addition as well. Uh, another great puck mover, a big body for sure. Um, but it's been great. We're talking with Isaac Phillips here on Blackhawks Live. Who was uh, the first person you called when you got the call from uh, the Rockford GM that you were going back up to the Hawks? Uh, first person, texted my parents, called my girlfriend because I was just on the phone with her. The GM called me and I was like, oh, got to go back. 
Um, and then I uh, called the equipment managers to get right to the rink and grab my gear. What do you like to do for fun, Isaac, aside from hockey? Um, yeah, I mean, in the summer, I like to golf. Uh, me and my buddies play a lot of basketball. Um, it gets pretty uh, competitive for sure. That's fun. Um, but I, I like my downtime for sure. Um, TV shows, Netflix, and just relaxing, especially in season. You binging on anything right now? Um, right now, just kind of going through everything on Netflix. I mean, I, I really love Peaky Blinders. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to get back into that. I kind of fell off after a few seasons. but Yeah, I like it. Uh, are you a better golfer or a better basketball player? Uh, I'm going to say better basketball player. <laughs> I'm a very average golfer. <laughs> That's all right. Most of us are. Did, uh, did you grow up playing basketball as well, along with hockey? Um, no, just like at my schools, but nothing competitive. Um, I mean, I skied, I did track and field, basketball, kind of played everything, but you never really have time for other thing, anything other than hockey. Who'd you grow up watching hockey-wise? Um, I mean, obviously, Eric Carlson, um, just playing for Ottawa and playing against the Leafs a lot, P.K. Subban, Montreal. Um, but obviously, I just growing up outside of Toronto, watch like every Leafs game. Any uh, other athletes or sports teams that you kind of idolized growing up as a kid, aside from hockey? Um, not really. Wasn't huge on football. I watch a lot of basketball, but... Really just basketball and hockey. You were talking about those four games last year, helping out your confidence and just gearing you up for this season. Um, what about getting that NHL call-up and living that NHL life? What about it surprised you? What was something you didn't expect You know, after so many years in the minors and playing hockey growing up? Always waiting for that day. What surprised you when you finally got there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just how similar it is. Like, you go in the room, everyone's it's just, they're still hockey players. You know, like the same conversations in the room, um, guys are joking around and then you go out on the ice and you're just playing the sport you love with your friends. So honestly, how much similar it is. That make you feel a lot more comfortable then after uh, the first game under your belt? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the first game I was definitely uh, shivering a little bit, but after that and the first shift you get settled in and you just realize it's the same game you've always been playing. Very cool. Well, Isaac, thank you very much for the time. Best of luck and uh, hope we're talking to you more in a Blackhawks uniform. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, that is Isaac Phillips. We'll have more Blackhawks Live coming up next, 720 WGN. One last stop on Blackhawks Live. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. By the way, Blackhawks Live is sponsored by the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program as we get to the business of hockey. And the business of hockey for the Blackhawks will be their future. And as we've been talking about the Hawks being in this first year of a rebuild. Uh, some good news on some Blackhawks prospects. Nolan Allen and Ethan Del Mastro uh, quickly becoming Twitter gifs as both of them put a couple of hard hits on some Swiss players as it uh, looks like they're competing in World Juniors. Again, uh, four different Blackhawks prospects on that World Juniors roster for Team Canada and somebody else claiming that Adam Fantilli, again, who's expected to be the number two overall pick for this upcoming draft, and uh, Kevin Korchinski just went nuts on a power play together just now, is what uh, the Twitter world is saying. Obviously, we're doing the show right now, so we can't be watching this game, but there is definitely a lot of upside and optimism about some of the young talent the Blackhawks have, Isaac Phillips being one of them. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see him 
get showcased at the NHL level for a few games. And uh, the Blackhawks with today and tomorrow off before they host the Nashville Predators and then the Columbus Blue Jackets on Friday night for Christmas Eve Eve at the United Center as uh, they continue on this other homestand. Jack Heinrich is our producer, and he will chime in from time to time as he covers the Blackhawks in the dressing room during the games. And Anything hitting the top of your mind, Jack, lately? Um, just kind of going off what you said earlier in that text, they're saying that um, Luke doesn't like the media sessions. I mean, <laughs> when you lose 7-1, to one, I don't think anybody wanted to talk to the media yesterday. Jonathan Taves wasn't too happy, and neither was Seth Jones. Um, but that's what you kind of expect when that happens. But I agree. Luke Richardson, I mean, Derek, uh, Derek White was good, too, last year. But Richardson, like you said, really thoughtful. And he'll, he'll stand in there for 10, 12 minutes after right. a loss. and. He answers all those questions, and they are really thought out. And he'll he'll take one question and talk for two minutes on the whole subject. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's doing a good job. I mean, this is the roster they were dealt with, and Tenorti going down. It seems like they haven't been healthy since the beginning of the year. So it's going to be hard for them to win before the injuries. And now it's kind of been a lot of moving parts, and it's probably what Kyle Davidson wanted, and it's going the way he wanted. But it's still frustrating for those players. Yeah, and and even with. A seven-game losing streak and where the team is at in the standings right now. Last night is not an example of this, but games are still competitive. They're not yeah. They're not down to the wire each and every night, but they are still competitive. The, the Hawks still have a fighting chance. And again, I brought this up that that's, I think, the biggest factor of Arvid Soderblom, but... Um, I understand why the players are probably frustrated when they have to talk to the media, but again, mm-hmm. they're they're doing their job, they're going through with it. Uh, but it, it it's just the same types of losses over and over again. Again, not so much last night. Last night was the Rangers just doing what they wanted to do. Uh, even though I again, I think the Hawks played well in the first forty minutes. But it's these same types of losses where they find themselves down by a goal. It's hard to muster up that energy. Then they get a few sustained pressures and and create some momentum, but they're unable to capitalize. And and the the players understand, yeah, we need to score goals in order to win. Yeah, we need to capitalize on these opportunities, but it just doesn't happen. So I I can understand where players' frustration would come in there. Yeah, and... Their puck luck hasn't been that good either. Kane had some good chances this yep. last week, and I think Troy said maybe it was Tuesday or Thursday. Kane's got two goals in his last like eighty shots, and he's gotten even more good chances. I mean, that first power play they had last night, they were having some good looks that just wouldn't go through. And then with the way it's been going for them, they make one bad pass, and the other team's scoring on the other end, and it's kind of here we go again. I think has it been like 24 games they've given up the first goal it's hard to come back every night when you're down to start i'm glad you brought up Kane's struggles because that was another text from last night somebody asking if kane's lack of production is affecting his trade value and i said it on the post game last night and again i'll give a shout out to the guys over at chgo because i thought they did a good job of breaking this down basically Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane other teams know what they're getting when they go for Patrick Kane and his numbers last year show that it's it's not it's not all said and done with mm-hmm. how he produces. And like you just said, listen, we're not going to sit here and say, "Oh, the Blackhawks are losing because they have bad puck luck." <laughs> I know that's not what you meant, but it is true. It's a factor. It's 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 a part of this. It's kind of like the perfect storm. 
Kane is still generating chances, and I think you can you can even just see the eagerness of him to try and just do this all on his own at some at some points. Not not he's not being a puck hog or anything, but he's he's the kind of guy that's just like, all right, we need to score right now. I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to try and score right now. I'm done hanging on to the puck. I'm done looking for the perfect pass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I think is best. And I think scouts understand that. I think other organizations understand that. I mean, you, you've you noticed Kane getting into those modes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you can... That's why I think sometimes you can't just look at the stats. That applies to Soderblom, too, because you look at Kane's stats, you're like, oh, he's having a down year, but... He's the main offense or defensive assignment during these Hawks on these when the other teams are playing the Hawks. And yesterday in the second period, I think he had three passes right towards the net that he didn't connect on, or a player was a second late. So he's still seeing everything right and he's still playing well. But I think that's why it is tough to watch some of these games when they're losing and only scoring one goal. Um, but it, when you watch, you can kind of see your eyes telling you a different story on the stats sometimes. Yeah, and let's face it, hockey is such a game by the numbers that if the average fan or even a very diehard fan looks at it and sees, oh, they lost 5-1, or let's take last night's into account, 7-1. Okay, yeah, not a great night. Not a great game for the goalie, not a great game for the team overall. But even that first period, I mean, the Blackhawks had more chances. They outshot the Rangers, but they're down 3 nothing. And again, two things can be true. The Blackhawks can have their opportunities, not capitalize, make a mistake, and then the other team scores. I'm sure every fan has seen a game where there's been a two-goal swing, where it, it looked like your team was about to score, or maybe even they do score, but they call it back, something like that. And then 20 seconds later, the other team scores. That, that's a two-goal swing. That, that's kind of what happened last night in the first period, but... Uh, three times that <laughs> so so that's what's made it tough um and and the other thing about Kane and a lack of production if you want to even call it that Luke Richardson has had a tough time figuring out what line works for Patrick Kane best mm-hmm. and and just the line configuration overall for this offense has been difficult to figure out because there there are just a couple of highly offensively skilled players that can make things happen and generate a chance right from the get-go. And it's it's tough to put those pieces together the right way right now. And uh, all they can do is just show up every day with a positive mindset, and I think that's what Luke Richardson's most impart- important part of the job is right now and doing a good job with it. That's Jack Heinrich. I'm Joe Brand. Big thanks to Isaac Phillips. Big thanks to the Blackhawks for helping us out with that interview as well. Again, our next broadcast is Wednesday night as the Hawks are in Nashville taking on the Predators. 7.30 puck drop. We'll have the pregame at 7 o'clock. But again, an off day tomorrow until that. And then one more home game before the Christmas holiday on the 23rd against Columbus. This has been Blackhawks Live. John Landecker's next. Kevin Wells has your news following this. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Have a good Christmas holiday. If you celebrate it, happy holidays, everyone.